0: Welcome everybody to tonight's Zoom meeting on Conspiracy, Secret Combinations, and Men of God. And tonight we'll start with a brief recap in Alma 45. Verses 2 through 8. And it came to pass that the 19th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, that Alma came unto his son Helaman and said unto him, Believest thou the words which I spake unto thee concerning those records which have been kept? And Helaman said unto him, Yea, I believe. And Alma said again, Believest thou in Jesus Christ who shall come? And he said, Yea, I believe all the words which thou hast spoken. And Alma said unto him again, Will you keep my commandments? And he said, Yea, I will keep thy commandments with all my heart. Then Alma said unto him, Blessed art thou, and the Lord shall prosper thee in this land. And in verse 16, And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed shall be the land, yea, this land, unto every nation, kinder tongue, and people, unto destruction, which do wickedly when they are fully ripe. And as I have said, so shall it be, for this is the cursing and the blessing of God upon the land. For the Lord cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance." And in verse 20, and now it came to pass in the commencement of the 19th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi that Helaman went forth among the people to declare the word of God unto them. And verse 22, therefore Helaman and his brethren went forth to establish the church again in all the land, yea, in every city throughout all the land, which was possessed by the people of Nephi. And it came to pass that they did appoint priests and teachers throughout all the land, over all the churches. And verse 24. But the people grew proud, being lifted up in their hearts because of the exceedingly great riches. Therefore they grew rich in their own eyes and would not give heed to their words to walk uprightly before God. And now in chapter 46, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass that as many as would not hearken to the words of Helaman and his brethren were gathered together against their brethren. And now behold, they were exceedingly wroth, insomuch that they were determined to slay them. Now the leader of those who were wroth against their brethren was a large and strong man, and his name was Amalekiah. And Amalekiah was desirous to be a king, and those people who were wroth were also desirous that he should be their king. And they were a greater part of them, the lower judges of the land, and they were seeking for power. And they had been led by the flatteries of Amalickiah, that if they would support him and establish him to be their king, he would make them rulers over the people. And they were led away by Amalekiah to dissensions, notwithstanding the preaching of Helaman and his brethren. Yea, notwithstanding their exceedingly great care over the church, for they were high priests over the church. So this gives us reference to the fact that we had, as in the early days of the church under Joseph Smith, up until 1843, uh, two orders of the gospel. Um, You know, one order terrestrial, the church of Christ, and one order celestial, you know, the church of the firstborn. And the high priest being referenced is the same as the high priest being talked about in Alma chapter 13. Um, And this high priest was a high priest in the patriarchal order of Melchizedek Priesthood, which only resides within the church of the firstborn. And... Those who are members not only of the Church of Christ, but also the Church of the Firstborn and were ordained to this priesthood would have been known as the Holy Order. And the whole purpose of a terrestrial order of the gospel is to help all of those who will enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And thus receive that sanctification, which prepares a man, a woman, or a people to enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. And that that was the design is made clear by the including in this part of the record that Helaman and his brethren were high priests. And as a cross reference to that in D C eighty-four. Verse twenty-three. Now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. And in the next verse we find out that beholding the face of God means entering into his rest, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Well, Moses was also a high priest, as were Helaman and his brethren. And they both had the same mission, to sanctify their respective peoples, to help them enter into the rest of the Lord as they had done. But back in Alma chapter 46, verse 7, And there were many in the church who believed in the flattering words of Amalickiah. Therefore, they dissented even from the church. And thus were the affairs of the people of Nephi exceedingly precarious and dangerous, notwithstanding their great victory, which they had had over the Lamanites, and their great rejoicings, which they had had because of their deliverance by the hand of the Lord. Thus we see how quick the children of men do forget the Lord their God. Yea, how quick to do iniquity. And to be led away by the evil one. And the rule of thumb is after restoration apostasy. Usually within one generation. Verse 9. And we also see the great wickedness. One very wicked man can cause to take place among the children of men. And we see that Amalickiah because he was a man of cunning, device, and a man of many flattering words, that he led away the hearts of many people to do wickedly, yea, to seek to destroy the church of God, and to destroy the foundation of liberty which God had granted unto them, or which blessing God had sent upon the face of the land for the righteous sake. And now it came to pass that when Moroni, who was the chief commander of the armies of Nephites? Had heard of these dissensions, he was angry with Amalekiah, and it came to pass that he rent his coat, and he took a piece thereof and wrote upon it in memory of our God, our religion, and freedom, and our peace, our wives, and our children, and he fastened it upon the end of a pole, and the very things that Moroni wrote upon the. Title of liberty are the very things that God says are worth both shedding blood for and defending with our very lives, if necessary. And certainly, we have direct parallels to us today. And the peril in which we find our own liberty. And he fastened on his headplate and his breastplate and his shields. And he girded on his armor about his loins. And he took the pole, which had on one end thereof his rent coat. And he called it the title of liberty. And he bowed himself to the earth. And he prayed mightily unto his God for the blessings of liberty to rest upon his brother. So long as there should be a band of Christians remain to possess the land. For thus were all true believers of Christ, who belonged to the churches of God, called by those who did not belong to the church. For those who did belong to the church were faithful. Yea, all those who were true believers in Christ took upon them gladly the name of Christ or Christians, as they were called because of their belief in Christ who should come. Now, in referencing Third Nephi chapter 9 and Mosiah chapter 5, for a people to go from being willing to take upon them the name of Christ to actually taking upon them the name of Christ, required entering into the new covenant and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And here we have a second reference to the terrestrial order of the gospel being upon the earth and that those who were high priests were seeking to sanctify their people, that they might enter into the rest of the Lord. Verse 14. For thus were they, all the true believers of Christ, who belonged to the church of God, called by those who did not belong to the church. And those who did belong to the church were faithful, Yea, all those who were true believers in Christ took upon them gladly the name of Christ. Again, the only way to do that is through the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let's let's quickly cross-reference 3 Nephi 9. Verse 17. And as many as have received me, To them have I given to become the sons of God. And even so will I to as many as shall believe on my name. For behold, by me redemption cometh, and in me is the law of Moses fulfilled. And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And then if we go to Mosiah chapter 5. Verse seven, and now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he has spiritually begotten you, for ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. And under this head ye are made free. And there is no other head whereby ye can be made free. There is no other name given whereby salvation cometh. Wherefore, I would that you should take upon you the name of Christ, all of you that have entered into the covenant with God, that you should be obedient unto the end of your lives. And remember, as we read in Third Nephi 19, that before a people can take upon them the name of Christ, or become his sons and his daughters, um, and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, Christ has to plead their case before Father and receive permission from father to adopt them them as his sons or daughters because of their obedience to entering into the new covenant of a broken heart contract spirit. And back in Alma 46 verse 16, And therefore at this time Moroni prayed that the cause of the Christians and the freedom of the land might be favored, and it came to pass that when he poured out his soul to God, he named all the land, which was south of the land desolation, yea, and in fine, all the land, both on the north and on the south, a chosen land and the land of liberty. And, you know, this is one of the ways that we know Book of Mormon geography and where the peoples of Uh, recorded in the Book of Mormon, lived because not only was this land a land of liberty in their day, but also our day. And verse 18, and he said, surely God shall not suffer that we who are despised because we take upon us the name of Christ shall be trodden down and destroyed until we bring it upon us by our own transgression." And thus is the law of the Lord over this nation today. And when Moroni had said these words, he went forth among the people, waving the rent part of his garment in the air, that all might see the writing which he had written upon the rent part, and crying with a loud voice, saying, Behold, whosoever will maintain this land upon, or this title upon the land, Let them come forth in the strength of the Lord and enter into a covenant that they will maintain their rights and their religion, that the Lord God may bless them. And it came to pass that when Moroni had proclaimed these words, behold, the people came running together with their armor girded about their loins, rending their garments in token or as a covenant that they would not forsake the Lord their God. Or in other words, if they should transgress the commandments of God or fall into transgression and be ashamed to take upon them the name of Christ, the Lord should rent them even as they had rent their garments. And may I put forth that this was the very concept that Joseph Smith put forth in the original temple endowment in the upper room of red brick store, which was greatly corrupted by Brigham Young. Verse 22. Now this was the covenant which they made and they cast their garments at the feet of Moroni saying, we covenant with our God. That we shall be destroyed, even as our brethren in the land northward, if we shall fall into transgression. Yea, he may cast us at the feet of our enemies, even as we have cast our garments at the feet to be trodden under the foot, if we shall fall into transgression. Moroni said unto them, Behold, we are a remnant of the seed of Jacob. Yea, we are a remnant of the seed of Joseph, whose coat was rent by his brethren into many pieces. Yea, and now behold, let us remember to keep the commandments of God, or our garments shall be rent by our brethren, and we be cast into prison, or be sold, or be slain. And let us preserve our liberty as a remnant of Joseph. Yea, let us remember the words of Jacob before his death. For behold, he saw that a part of the remnant of the coat of Joseph was preserved, and had not decayed. And he said, even as this remnant of garment of my son hath been preserved, so shall a remnant of the seed of my son be preserved by the hand of God and be taken unto himself while the remainder of the seed of Joseph shall perish, even as the remnant of his garment. Now behold, this giveth my soul sorrow. Nevertheless, my soul hath joy in my son because of that part of his seed, which shall be taken unto God. Now behold, this was the language of Jacob. And, You know, these quotes were coming out of the brass plates, which was an unadulterated version of the Old Testament, which we will be receiving again with the return of Joseph Smith. And that's one of the things that he is presently working on is the translation of the brass plates. And now behold, verse 26, this was the language of Jacob. And now who knoweth but what the remnant of the seed of Joseph shall perish as his garment. Are those who have dissented from us? Yea, even it shall be ourselves if we do not stand fast in the faith of Christ. And we can, you know, liken these very things and this very prophecy unto ourselves. For in JST Genesis fifty, verse thirty-one. Verse 30. And again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and unto him will I give power. Now, this is the Lord speaking to Joseph in Egypt. And unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins. And not only the bringing forth of my word, only saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them in the last days. Now, the portion of the word which shall already have gone forth among them, uh, is both the Bible and the Book of Mormon, which came forth during Joseph Smith's first ministry. And it is the work of his um, second ministry. When Joseph Smith returns unto the convincing um, the remnant of the seed of Joseph, and even all the house of Israel, of the truthfulness of the words which shall already have gone forth among them, the Book of Mormon, and during his second ministry, they will also receive the translation of the brass plates and the Joseph Smith's translation of the New Testament, which will, like the Book of Mormon, contain the fullness of Christ's gospel. So, um, in GST Genesis 50, we have reference to both Joseph Smith's first and second ministries. Verse 30 again. And again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins, uh, the seed of the loins of Joseph. and. Not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but unto the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them in the last days. Wherefore, the fruit of thy loins shall write, and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines and the laying down of contentions. And this is because Joseph Smith brings forth the translation of the Brass Plates, the New Testament. Um, And we have the Book of Mormon, and we will also have a corrected version of Doctrine and Covenants. And establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins, and bringing them to a knowledge of their fathers... In the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenant, saith the Lord. And out of weakness shall he be made strong in that day, when my work shall go forth among all my people, which shall restore them who are of the house of Israel in the last days. Again, regarding Joseph Smith's second ministry. and Back to Alma 46. verse twenty two and now this was the covenant which they had made, and they cast their garments at the feet of Moroni, saying, we covenant with our God that we shall be destroyed even as our brethren in the land northward, if we shall fall into transgression, yea, he may cast us at the feet of our enemies, even as we have cast our garments at the feet at thy feet to be trodden under the foot, if we shall fall into transgression." Moroni I said unto them, Behold, we are a remnant of the seed of Jacob, yea, and are a remnant of the seed of Joseph, whose coat was rent by his brother unto many pieces. Yea, now behold, let us remember to keep the commandments of God, or our garments shall be rent by our brethren, and we be cast into prison, or be sold, or be slain. Yea, let us preserve our liberty as a remnant of Joseph, Yea, let us remember the words of Jacob before his death. For behold, he saw that a part of the remnant of the coat of Joseph was preserved, and had not decayed. And he said, "Even as this remnant of garment of my son hath been preserved, so shall a remnant of the seed of my son be preserved by the hand of God, and be taken unto himself, while the remainder of the seed of Joseph shall perish, even as the remnant of his garment." And Jacob saw both Moroni's day and also our day. And now behold, this giveth my soul sorrow. Nevertheless, my soul hath joy in my son, because of that part of his seed which shall be taken unto God. Now behold, this was the language of Jacob. And now who knoweth but what the remnant of the seed of Joseph shall perish as his garment are those who have descended from us. Yea, even it shall be ourselves if we do not stand fast in the faith of Christ. And now it came to pass that when Moroni had said these words, he went forth and also sent forth in all parts of the land where there were dissensions and gathered together all people who were desirous to maintain their liberty to stand against Amalekiah and those who had dissented who were called Amalekiah Heights. And it is among the Latter-day Saints and all the remnant branches, who, when they receive the doctrine of Christ in our generation, the covenant, which includes our oath of a broken heart and contrite spirit, and God's oath back to us of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that we may go on from there to enter into the rest of the Lord. This is how we, in our day, stand firm in the faith of Christ both in living it ourselves and in declaring it unto all those who have ears to hear and hearts to understand. And even if they do not, they must be warned that they may be not able to say that they were destroyed without warning. Verse 29. And it came to pass that when Amalekiah saw the people of Moroni were more numerous than the Amalickiahites, he also saw that his people were doubtful concerning the justice of the cause in which they had undertaken. Therefore, fearing that he should not gain the point, he took those of his people who departed into the land of Nephi. Now Moroni thought it was not expedient that the Lamanites should have any more strength. Therefore, he thought to cut off the people of Amalickiah or to take them and bring them back and to put Amalickiah to death. Yea, for he knew that he would stir up the Lamanites to anger against them and cause them to come to battle against them. And this he knew that Malachi would do that he might obtain his purposes. Therefore Moroni thought it was expedient that he should take his armies who had gathered themselves together and armed themselves and entered into a covenant to keep the peace. And it came to pass that he took his army and marched out, with his tents into the wilderness to cut off the course of Amalickiah in the wilderness. And it came to pass that he did according to his desires and marched forth into the wilderness and headed the armies of Amalekiah. And it came to pass that Amalekiah fled with a small number of his men, and the remainder were delivered up into the hands of Moroni and were taken back into the land of Zarahemla. Now Moroni being a man who was appointed by the chief judges and the voice of the people, therefore he had power according to his will with the armies of the Nephites to establish and to exercise authority over them. And it came to pass that whomsoever the Amalekites that would not enter into a covenant to support the cause of freedom, that they might maintain a free government, he caused to be put to death. And there were but few who denied the covenant of freedom. And it came to pass also that he caused the title of liberty to be hoisted upon every tower which was in the land, which was possessed by the Nephites. And thus Moroni planted the standard of liberty among the Nephites. And they began to have peace again in the land. And thus they did maintain peace in the land until nearly the end of the 19th year of the reign of the judges. And Helaman and the high priest did also maintain order in the church. And even for the space of four years did they have much peace and rejoicing in the church. And it came to pass that there were many who died firmly believing that their souls were redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus they went out of the world rejoicing. And there were some who died with fevers, which at some seasons of the year were very frequent in the land, but not so much so with fevers because of the excellent qualities of the many plants and roots, which God had prepared to remove the cause of the disease to which men were subject by the nature of the climate. But there were many who died with old age, and those who died in the faith of Christ are happy in him, as we must needs suppose. Chapter 47, verse 1. Now we will return to our record to Amalickiah, and those who had fled with him into the wilderness. For behold, he had taken those who went with him and went up In the land of Nephi among the Lamanites, and it stir up the Lamanites to anger against the people of Nephi, insomuch that the king of the Lamanites sent a proclamation throughout his land, among all his people, that they should gather themselves together again to go to battle against the Nephites. And it came to pass that when the proclamation had gone forth among them, they were exceedingly afraid, yea, they feared to displease the king. And they also feared to go to battle against the Nephites, lest they should lose their lives. And it came to pass that they would not, or the more part of them would not obey the commandments of the king. And now it came to pass that the king was wroth because of their disobedience. Therefore, he gave Amalekiah the command of that part of his army, which was obedient unto his commands. And he commanded him that he should go forth and compel them to arms. And now behold, this was his The desire of Amalickiah, for he being a very subtle man to do evil before. Therefore, he laid the plan in his heart to dethrone the king of the Lamanites. And Amalickiah is a prototypical uh, restorer of secret combinations. Using murder, theft, and intrigue to gain power. And we will see this unfold. And again, it has many parallels to us today. And it has many parallels to, you know, what happened in our own church history. Verse 5. And now he had got the command of those parts of the Lamanites who were in favor of the king. And he sought to gain favor of those who were not obedient. Therefore, he went forward to the place which was called Oneida for thither had all the Lamanites fled for they discovered the army coming and supposing that they were coming to destroy them therefore they fled to Oneida to the place of arms and they had appointed a man to be a king and a leader over them being fixed in their minds with a determined resolution that they would not be subject to go against the Nephites and it came to pass that they had gathered themselves together on top of the mount which was called Antipas, in preparation to battle. And it was not Amalekai's intention to give them battle according to the commandments of the king. But behold, it was his intention to gain favor with the armies of the Lamanites, that he might place himself at their head and dethrone the king and take possession of the kingdom. And behold, it came to pass that he caused his army to pitch their tents in the valley which was near the Mount Antipas. And it came to pass that when it was night, he sent a secret embassy into the Mount of Antipas, desiring that the leader of those who were upon the Mount, whose name was Lahantai, and he should come down to the foot of the Mount, for he desired to speak unto him. And it came to pass that when Lahantai received the message, he durst not go down to the foot of the Mount. And it came to pass that Amalekiah sent again the second time, desiring him to come down, and it came to pass that Lahontai would not, and he sent again the third time. And it came to pass that when Amalickiah found that he could not get Lahontai to come down off from the mount, he went up into the mount, nearly to Lahontai's camp, and he sent again the fourth time his message unto Lahontai, desiring that he would come down and that he would bring his guards with him. And it came to pass that when Lahontai had come down with his guards to Amalekiah, that Amalickiah desired him to come down with his army in nighttime and surround those men in their camps over whom the king had given him command and that he would deliver them up into Lahontai's hands if he would make him, Amalickiah, a second leader over the whole army. And it came to pass that Lahontai came down with his men and surrounded the men of Amalickiah so that before they awoke at the dawn of day, they were surrounded by the armies of Lahontai. And it came to pass that when they saw that they were surrounded, they pled with Amalickiah, that he would suffer them to fall in with their brethren, that they might not be destroyed. Now, this was the very thing which Amalekiah desired, or Amalekiah has created a false flag event. He's used the Hegelian dialectic, Uh, problem-reaction-solution. If you want a given solution, create the problem which will engender the very reaction among that people that you want the solution that will lead in the solution. So this is a textbook case of using the Hegelian dialectic. A false flag to... Uh, Achieve one's objectives, you know, which, you know, same scheme we see, you know, played out time and time again in our own country and also internationally. The Hegelian dialectic uh, being named after the philosopher Hegel. Verse 14. And it came to pass that Lahontai came down with his men and surrounded the men of Amalekiah, so that before they awoke at the dawn of day, they were surrounded by the armies of Lahontai. And it came to pass that when they saw that they were surrounded, they pled with Amalekiah that he would suffer them to fall in with their brethren, that they might not be destroyed. Now, this was the very thing which Amalekiah desired. Problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic. And it came to pass that he delivered his men contrary to the commands of the king. Now, this was the thing that Amalickiah desired, that he might accomplish his designs in dethroning the king. Just pulled off his first false flag. Now, it was the custom among the Lamanites, if their chief leader was killed, to appoint the second leader to be their chief leader. If I were Lahontai, I would be afraid. And it came to pass that Amalekiah caused that one of his servants should administer poison by degrees to Lahontai, that he died. And now when Lahontai was dead, the Lamanites appointed Amalekiah to be their leader and their chief commander. And it came to pass that Amalekiah marched with his armies, for he had gained his desires to the land of Nephi, to the city of Nephi, which was the chief city. And we're going to see Amalekiah set up another false flag using the Hegelian dialectic of problem-reaction-solution to gain his designs, which is the modus operandi of secret combinations, using murder, theft, and intrigue. And the intrigue portion is the Hegelian dialectic and the use of false flags of terror to gain objectives. And now when Lehontai was dead, the Lamanites appointed Amalekiah to be their leader. And their chief commander. And it came to pass that Amalekiah marched with his armies, for he had gained his desires to the land of Nephi, to the city of Nephi, which was the chief city. And the king came out to meet him with his guards, for he supposed that Amalekiah had fulfilled the commands, and that Amalekiah had gathered together so great an army to go against the Nephites to battle. But behold, as the king came out to meet him, Amalekiah caused that his servants should go forth to meet the king. And they went and bowed themselves before the king, as if to reverence him because of his greatness. And it came to pass that the king put forth his hand to raise them, as was the custom of the Lamanites as a token of peace, which custom they had taken from the Nephites. And it came to pass that when he had raised the first from the ground, behold, he stabbed the king to the heart, and he fell to the earth. And now the servants of the king fled. And the servants of Amalickiah raised a cry, saying, Behold, the servants of the king have stabbed him to the heart, and he has fallen, and they have fled. Behold, come and see. And thus we have the false flag of terror. Just like 9-11. And it came to pass that Amalickiah commanded that his armies should march forth and see what had happened to the king. And when they had come to the spot, and found the king lying in his gore. Amalickiah pretended to be wroth and said, or just like with Brigham Young and the martyrdom of Joseph and Hiram and John Taylor and Willard Richards. And Amalickiah pretended to be wroth and said, whosoever loved the king, let him go forth and pursue his servants that they may be slain. And it came to pass that they who loved the king when they heard these words, came forth and pursued after the servants of the king. And now when the servants of the king saw an army pursuing after them, they were frightened again and fled into the wilderness and came over into the land of Zarahemla and joined the people of Ammon. And the army which pursued after them returned, having pursued after them in vain. And thus Amalekiah, by his fraud, gained the hearts of the people or by the means of The Hegelian dialectic, problem, action, solution, setting up a false flag. Using murder, theft, and intrigue to gain power. The tactics of a secret combination. Or of conspiracy. And it came to pass that on the morrow, he entered the city of Nephi with his armies and took possession of the city. And now it came to pass that the queen when she had heard that the king was slain, for Amalickiah had sent an embassy to the queen, informing her that the king had been slain by his servants, that he had pursued them with his army, but it was in vain; that they had made their escape. Therefore, when the king had, when the queen had received this message, she sent unto Amalickiah, desiring him that he would spare the people of the city, and she also desired him that he should come in unto her. And he also desired him that he should bring witnesses with him to testify concerning the death of the king. And it came to pass that Malachi took the same servant that slew the king and all them who were with him and went in unto the queen, unto the place where she sat. And they all testified unto her that the king was slain by his own servants. Murder, theft, and intrigue to gain power. And they said also they have fled. Does not this testify against them? And thus they testified the queen concerning the death of the king. And it came to pass that Malachi sought the favor of the queen and took her unto him to wife. And thus by his fraud and by the assistance of his cunning servants or by murder, theft, intrigue, and conspiracy. He obtained the kingdom, yea, he was acknowledged king throughout all the land among all the people of the Lamanites who were composed of the Lamanites and the Lemuelites and the Ishmaelites and all the dissenters of the Nephites from the reign of Nephi down to the present time. Now, these dissenters having the same instruction and the same information of the Nephites, yea, having been instructed in the same knowledge of the Lord, nevertheless, it is strange to relate. Not long after their dissensions, they became more hardened and impenitent and more wild, wicked, and ferocious than the Lamanites, drinking in with the traditions of the Lamanites, giving way to indolence, yea, all manner of lasciviousness, yea, entirely forgetting the Lord their God chapter 48. And now it came to pass that as soon as Amalickiah had obtained the kingdom, he began to inspire the hearts of the Lamanites against the people of Nephi. Yea, he did appoint men to speak unto the Lamanites from their towers against the Nephites. And thus he did inspire their hearts against the Nephites, insomuch That in the latter end of the 19th year of the reign of the judges, he having accomplished his designs thus far, yea, having been made king over the Lamanites, he sought also to reign over the land, yea, and all the people who were in the land, the Nephites as well as the Lamanites. Therefore, he had accomplished his design, for he had hardened the hearts of the Lamanites and blinded their minds and stirred them up to anger, insomuch that he had gathered together a numerous host to go to battle against the Nephites. For he was determined because of their greatness of the number of his people to overpower the Nephites and to bring them into bondage. And thus he did appoint chief captains of the Zoramites, the return of the Zoramites. They being the most acquainted with the strength of the Nephites and their places of resort and the weaker parts of their cities. Therefore he appointed them to be chief captains over his armies. And it came to pass that they took their camp and moved forth toward the land of Zarahemla in the wilderness. Now it came to pass that while Amalickiah had thus been obtaining power by fraud and deceit, Moroni, on the other hand, had been preparing the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord their God. And we see a dramatic juxtaposition against those who form secret combinations. Who gain power through murder, theft, and intrigue, and conspiracy. Versus um, those who serve the Lord their God. Who maintain leadership and righteous power. By preparing the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord their God. Yea, he had been strengthening the armies of the Nephites, and erecting small forts, or places of resort, throwing up banks of earth round about to enclose his armies, and also building walls of stone to encircle them about, round about their cities, and the borders of their lands, yea, all round about the land. And may I point out that Moroni, you know, was in fact a man of God, that he sought to point the people to their God, but um, he still understood the responsibility that he had to make physical preparation and that God wasn't going to fight their battles in their stead But God was going to make them equal to the battle which was thrust upon them. And I hear far too many today who think that God is going to fight their battles instead of them. Um, When in reality, the promises of the Lord are that he will make us equal uh, to the foe which comes against us and that through our faith we will be made mighty even unto the power of deliverance, which is not that we can stand idly by and do nothing, and that God will require nothing of us of a physical nature. Yea, he had been strengthening the armies of the Nephites, and erecting small forts or places of resort throwing up banks of earth round about to enclose his armies and also building walls of stone to encircle them about round about their cities and the borders of their lands. yea, all round about the land. And may I also point out that it wasn't these fortifications that saved the Nephites. It was the power of God that saved them, but God requires that we do our part. And then he does his. And, you know, this is the message of 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 20. But behold, I, Nephi, will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. And I guess this also makes me think of Nephi and Laban. What the Lord did was make Nephi mighty even unto the power of deliverance. He delivered Laman into the hands of Nephi, but required at Nephi's hands that he act in a very physical manner in taking Laman's or Laban's life from him. Um, God did not do for Nephi what Nephi could do for himself. And we need to be in that same mindset that God will not do for us what he can make us equal to um, the opposition which is against us, which is a miraculous deliverance. But he's not doing it for us. He makes us equal to the challenge. Back in Alma 48. Um, and might I might I say, you know, if the Nephites hadn't had the component of turning unto the Lord their God in faithfulness, uh, all of these preparations for war would not have been sufficient. They were only sufficient because they had first turned their hearts unto God. Verse 10 in Alma 48. And thus he was preparing to support their liberty. And again, these are things that the Lord not only approves um, the defense even unto bloodshed, but requires at the hands of righteous men to do so. And thus he was preparing to support their liberty, their lands, their wives, their children, and their peace and that they might live unto the Lord their God, and that they might maintain that which was called by their enemies the cause of Christians. And Moroni was a strong and a mighty man, and he was a man of perfect understanding, yea, a man that did not delight in the bloodshed, a man whose soul did joy in the liberty and the freedom of his country and his brethren from bondage and slavery, yea, a man whose heart did swell with thanksgiving to his God, For the many privileges and blessings which he bestowed upon his people, a man who did labor exceedingly for the welfare and safety of his people. Yea, he was a man who was firm in the faith of Christ, and he had sworn with an oath to defend his people, his rights, and his country, and his religion, even unto the loss of his blood. Now the Nephites were taught to defend themselves against their enemies, even to the shedding of blood if it were necessary. Yea, and they were also taught never to give an offense. Yea, and never to raise the sword except it were against an enemy except it were to preserve their lives. And this was their faith, that by so doing, God would prosper them in the land. Or in other words, if they were faithful in keeping the commandments of God, that he would prosper them in the land. Yea, warn them to flee or to prepare for war according to their danger and also that God would make it known unto them whither they should go to defend themselves against their enemies. And by so doing, the Lord would deliver them. And this was the faith of Moroni, and his heart did glory in it, not in the shedding of blood, but in doing good in preserving his people, yea, in keeping the commandments of God, yea, and the resisting of iniquity. And if we are to survive... And if God is to make us triumphant over our enemies, we must do the same. And verily, verily, I say unto you, if all men had been and were and ever would be like unto Moroni, behold, the very powers of hell would have been shaken forever, and the devil would never have power over the hearts of the children of men. Behold, he was a man like unto Ammon and the son of Mosiah, yea, even the other sons of Mosiah, yea, even also Alma and his sons, for they were all men of God. And now behold, Helaman and his brethren were no less serviceable unto the people than was Moroni, for they did preach the word of God, and they did baptize unto repentance all men whosoever would hearken unto their words. And thus they went forth, and the people did humble themselves because of the wor- their words, insomuch that they were highly favored of the Lord and thus were free from wars and contentions among themselves, yea, even for the space of four years. But as I have said, in the latter end of the 19th year, ye notwithstanding their peace amongst themselves, they were compelled reluctantly to contend with their brother and the Lamanites, and in fine their wars never did cease, for the space of many years with the Lamanites notwithstanding their much reluctance. Now they were sorry to take up arms against the Lamanites, because they did not delight in the shedding of blood. Yea, and this was not all. They were sorry to be the means of sending so many of their brethren out of the world into the eternal world, unprepared to meet their God. Nevertheless, they could not suffer to lay down their lives, that their wives and their children should be massacred by the barbarous cruelty of those who were once their brethren. Yea, and had dissented from their church and had left them and had gone to destroy them by joining the Lamanites. And may I also present that even the anti nephi who were required as part of the atonement for their many murders before joining with the people of God, not to take up arms against their brethren, even they, um, for their preservation, it was required that the Nephites take up arms in their defense, and ultimately their sons to join the Nephites in taking up arms in their defense. Nevertheless, they could not suffer to lay down their lives, that their wives and their children should be massacred by the barbarous cruelty of those who were once their brethren, yea, and had dissented from the church, and had left them and had gone to destroy them by joining the Lamanites and they could not bear that their brethren should rejoice over the blood of the nephites so long as there were any who should keep the commandments of god for the promises of the lord for the promise of the lord was if they should keep his commandments they should prosper in the land chapter 49 and now it came to pass that in the 11th month of the 19th year the 10th day of the month that the armies of the lamanites were seen approaching toward the land Of Ammonihah. And behold, the city had been rebuilt. Remember, the city of Ammonihah was visited by Alma and Amulek. And that was the city that cast out those men who believed in their words and burned alive the women and children. And shortly thereafter was destroyed by the Lamanites. And behold, the city had been rebuilt. And Moroni had stationed an army by the borders of the city. And they had cast up dirt around about to shield them from the arrows and stones of the Lamanites. For behold, they fought with stones and with arrows. Behold, I said that the city of Ammonihah had been rebuilt. I say unto you, yea, that it was in part rebuilt. Because the Lamanites had destroyed it once because the iniquity of the people, they supposed that it would again become an easy prey for them. But behold, how great was their disappointment. For behold, the Nephites had dug up a ridge of earth round about them, which was so high that Lamanites could not cast their stones and their arrows at them, that they might take effect. Neither could they come upon them, save it was by their place of entrance. Now at this time, the chief captains of the Lamanites were astonished exceedingly because of the wisdom of the Nephites in preparing their places of security. And now the leaders of the Lamanites had supposed because of the greatness of the numbers of their numbers, yea, they supposed that they should be privileged to come upon them as they had hitherto done, yea, and they had also prepared themselves with shields and with breastplates, and they had also prepared themselves with garments of skins, yea, very thick garments to cover their nakedness. And being thus prepared, they supposed that they should easily overpower the subject and subject their brethren to the yoke of bondage or slay and massacre them according to their pleasure. And behold, to their uttermost astonishment, they were prepared for them in a manner which never had been known among the children of Lehi. Now they were prepared for the Lamanites to battle after the manner of instructions of Moroni, because the Lord made them mighty even unto the power of deliverance in instructing them beforehand the fortifications and physical preparations that they would need to make. Verse 9, And it came to pass that the Lamanites, or the Amalekiahites, were exceedingly astong- astonished at the manner of preparation for war. And now if King Amalekiah had come down out of the land of Nephi, at the head of his army, perhaps he would have caused the Lamanites to have attacked the Nephites at the city of Ammonihah. For behold, he did not care for the blood of his people. But behold, Amalekiah did not come down himself to battle and attack the Nephites at the city of Ammonihah. For Moroni had altered the management of affairs among the Nephites, insomuch that the Lamanites were disappointed in their places of retreat and they could not come upon them. Therefore, they retreated into the wilderness and took their camp and marched toward the land of Noah, supposing that to be the next best place for them to come against the Nephites. For they knew not Moroni had fortified or had built forts of security for every city in all the land round about. Therefore, they marched forward to the land of Noah with a firm determination. Yea, their chief captains came forward and took an oath that they would destroy the people of that city. But behold, in their astonishment, the city of Noah, which had hitherto been a weak place, had now by the means of Moroni become strong yea, even to exceed the strength of the city of Ammonihah and now behold this was wisdom in Moroni for he supposed the city of Ammonihah and as the city of Noah had hitherto been the weakest part of the land therefore they would march thither to battle and thus it was according to his desires and behold Moroni had appointed Lehi to be chief captain over the men of that city and it was that same Lehi who fought with the Lamanites in the valley on the east of the river Sidon. And now, behold, it came to pass that when the Lamanites had found that Lehi commanded the city, they were again disappointed, for they feared Lehi exceedingly. Nevertheless, their chief captains had sworn with an oath to attack the city. Therefore, they brought up their armies. And now, behold, the Lamanites could not get it into their forts of security by any other means save by the entrance. Because of the highness of the bank which had been thrown up and the depth of the ditch which had been dug about, save it were by the entrance. And thus were the Nephites prepared to destroy all such as should attempt to climb up and enter the fort by any other way, by casting over stones and arrows at them. And thus were they prepared, yea, a body of their strongest men, with their swords and with their slings, to come to smite down all who should attempt to come into their place of security by the place of entrance. And thus were they prepared to defend themselves against the Lamanites. And it came to pass that the captains of the Lamanites brought up their armies before the place of entrance and began to contend with the Nephites to get their place of security. But behold, they were driven back from time to time insomuch that they were slain with an immense slaughter. And now when they found that they could not obtain power over the Nephites by the pass, they began to dig down their banks of earth that they might obtain a pass to the armies, to their armies, that they might have an equal chance to fight. Behold, in these attempts, they were swept off by the stones and arrows that were thrown at them. Instead of filling up their ditches by pulling down the banks of earth, they were filled up in a measure with their dead and wounded bodies. And the Nephites had all power over the enemies. And thus the Lamanites did attempt to destroy the Nephites until their chief captains were all slain. Yea, and more than a thousand of the Lamanites were slain. While on the other hand, there was not a single soul of the Nephites which was slain. And is this not an example of, again, as it says in 1 Nephi chapter twenty that the tender mercy of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. Therefore, there were about 50 who were wounded, yea, who had been exposed to the arrows of the Lamanites through the pass. But they were shielded by their shields and their breastplates and their headplates insomuch that their wounds were upon their legs, many of which were very severe. And it came to pass that when the Lamanites saw that their chief captains were all slain, they fled into the wilderness. And it came to pass that they returned to the land of Nephi to inform their king Amalickiah, who was a Nephite by birth, concerning their great loss. And it came to pass that he was exceedingly angry with his people because he had not obtained his desire over the Nephites and had not subjected them to the yoke of bondage. Yea, he was exceedingly wroth, and he did curse God, and also Moroni, swearing with an oath that he would drink his blood, and this because Moroni had kept the commandments of God in preparing for the safety of his people. And it came to pass that, on the other hand, the people of Nephi did thank the Lord their God because of his matchless power in delivering them from the hands of their enemies, and thus ended the 19th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And there was continual peace among them and exceedingly great prosperity in the church because of their heed and diligence, which they gave unto the word of God, which was declared unto them by Helaman and by Shiblon and Corianton and Ammon and his brethren, yea, by all those who had been ordained by the holy order of God. Again, we have reference to the holy order of God and the high priest in the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood, the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, which priesthood was delivered to Joseph Smith on June 4th, 1831 at the Isaac Morley farm. And by all those who had been ordained by the holy order of God, being baptized unto repentance and sent forth to preach among the people. And if the people were being baptized by those who were high priests in the Holy Order, we know that they were being baptized not unto the preparatory gospel by the Aaronic priesthood, but into the terrestrial order of the gospel, the Church of Christ, by the power and authority of the Melchizedek priesthood, and that priesthood also having the power at the appropriate time to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse chapter 50. And now it came to pass that Moroni did not stop making preparations for war or to defend his people against the Lamanites for a cause that the armies should commence in the commencement of the 20th year of the reign of the judges. And they should commence in digging heaps of earth round about the cities throughout all the land which was possessed by the Nephites. And upon the tops of these ridges of earth, he caused that there should be timbers, yea, works of timbers built up to the height of a man round about the cities. And he caused upon those works of timbers, there should be a frame of pickets built upon the timbers round about And they were strong and high. And he caused towers to be erected that overlooked those works of pickets and caused places of security to be built upon those towers that the stones and arrows of the Lamanites could not hurt them. And they were prepared that they should cast stones from the top thereof according to their pleasure and their strength and slay them who should attempt to approach near the walls of the city. And thus Moroni did prepare strongholds against the coming of the enemies round about every city in all the land. And it came to pass that Moroni caused that his armies should go forth into the east wilderness. Yea, they went forth and drove all the Lamanites who were in the east wilderness into their own lands, which were south of the land of Zarahemla. And the land of Nephi did run in a straight course from east from the East Sea to the West. And it came to pass that when Moroni had driven all the Lamanites out of the East wilderness, which was North of the lands of their own possession, he caused that the inhabitants who were in the land of Zarahemla and in the land roundabout should go forth into the East wilderness, even to the borders by the seashore and possess the land. And he also placed armies on the South in the borders of their possessions and caused them to erect fortifications that they might secure their armies and their people from the hands of their enemies. And thus he cut off all the strongholds of the Lamanites in the East wilderness. And also on the West fortifying the line between the Nephites and the Lamanites between the land of Zarahemla and the land of Nephi from the West sea running by the head of the river Sidon, the Nephites pressing all the land possessing all the land northward, Yea, even all the land which was northward of the land bountiful, according to their pleasure. And thus Moroni with his armies, which did increase daily by the assistance of protection, which his works did bring forth unto them, did seek to cut off the strength and the power of the Lamanites from off the lands of their possession, that they should have no power upon the lands of their possession. And it came to pass that the Nephites began to began the foundation of a city, and they called the name of the city Moroni. And it was by the East Sea, and it was on the south by the line of the possession of the Lamanites. And they also began a foundation for a city between the city of Moroni and the city of Aaron, joining the borders of Aaron and Moroni. And they called the name of the city or the land Nephiha. And they also began in that same year to build many cities on the north and one in particular manner, which they called Lehi, which was in the north by the borders of the seashore. And thus ended the 20th year. And in these prosperous circumstances were the people of Nephi in the commencement of the 21st year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And they did prosper exceedingly. And they became exceedingly rich, and they did multiply and wax strong in the land. And thus we see how merciful and just are all the dealings of the Lord, the fulfilling of all his words unto the children of men. Yea, we can behold that his words are verified, even at this time, which he spake unto Lehi, saying, Blessed art thou and thy children. And they shall be blessed inasmuch as they shall keep my commandments. They shall prosper in the land. But remember, inasmuch as they will not keep my commandments, they shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And we can insert our own names. Blessed art thou and thy children, those who live in the land of America. And they shall be blessed inasmuch as they shall keep my commandments. They shall prosper in the land. But remember, inasmuch as they will keep not my commandments, they shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And we can even narrow it further to the Latter-day Saints. Blessed art thou, Latter-day Saints, and thy children. And they shall be blessed inasmuch as they shall keep my commandments. And they shall prosper in the land, but remember, inasmuch as they will not keep my commandments, they shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And verse 19. And thus we see how merciful and just are all the dealings of the Lord, to the fulfilling of all his words unto the children of men. Yea, we can behold that his words are verified even at this time which he spake. And verse 21. And we see that these promises have been verified to the people of Nephi. And we will see that these promises will be verified to the people in America and to the Latter-day Saints. For it has been their quarrelings and their contentions, yea, their murderings and their plunderings, their idolatry, their whoredoms and their abominations, which were among themselves, which brought upon them their wars and their destructions. And those who were faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord were delivered at all times, whilst thousands of their wicked brethren have been consigned to bondage, or to perish by the sword, or to dwindle in unbelief and mingle with the Lamanites. But behold, there never was a happier time among the people of Nephi, since the days of Nephi, than in the days of Moroni, even at this time in the twenty and first year of the reign of the judges. And it came to pass that the twenty and second year of the reign of the judges also ended in peace, and also the twenty and third year. And it came to pass that in the commencement of the twenty and fourth year of the reign of the judges, there would also have been peace among the people of Nephi, had it not been for a contention which took place among them concerning the land of Lehi and the land of Morianton, which joined upon the borders of Lehi, both of which were on the borders by the seashore. For behold, the people who possessed the land of Morianton did claim a part of the land of Lehi. Therefore, there began to be warm contention between them. Insomuch that the people of Morianton took up arms against their brethren, and they were determined by the sword to slay them. And behold, the people who possessed the land of Lehi fled into the camp of Moroni and appealed unto him for assistance. For behold, they were not in the wrong. And it came to pass that when the people of Morianton, who were led by a man whose name was Morianton, found the people of Lehi had fled to the camp of Moroni. They were exceedingly fearful, lest the army of Moroni should come upon them and destroy them. Therefore, Morianton put it into their hearts that they should flee to the land which was northward, which was covered with large bodies of water, and take possession of the land which was northward. And behold, they would have carried this plan into effect, which would have been the cause to have been lamented, but behold, Morianton being a man of much passion, therefore he was angry with one of his maidservants and fell upon her and beat her much. And it came to pass that she fled and came over to the camp of Moroni and told Moroni all things concerning this matter and also concerning their intentions to flee into the land northward. Now behold, the people who were in the land bountiful, or rather the Moroni, feared that they would hearken to the words of Morianton and unite with his people. And thus he would obtain possession of those parts of the land, which would lay the foundation for a serious consequence among the people of Nephi, yea, which consequences would lead to the overthrow of their liberty. Therefore Moroni set up an army with her camp to head the people of Morianton to stop their flight into the land northward. And it came to pass that they did not heed them, head them until they had come to the borders of the land of desolation. And there they did head them, and the narrow pass which led by the sea into the land northward, yea, by the sea on the west and on the east. And it came to pass that the army which was sent by Moroni, which was led by a man whose name was Teancum, did meet the people of Morianton. And so stubborn were the people of Morianton, being inspired by his wickedness and his flattering words that a battle commenced between them in the which Teancum did slay Morianton to defeat his army and took them prisoners and returned to the camp of Moroni. And thus ended the 20 and 4th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And thus were the people of Morianton brought back, and upon their covenanting to keep the peace, they were restored to the land of Morianton. And a union took place between them and the people of Lehi, and they also were restored to their lands. And it came to pass that in the same year, that the people of Nephi had peace restored to them, that Nephiha, the second chief judge, died, having fulfilled the judgment seat with perfect uprightness before God. Nevertheless, he refused Alma to take possession of those records and those things which were esteemed by Alma and his fathers to be most sacred. Therefore, Alma had conferred them upon his son Helaman. Behold, it came to pass that the son of Nephiha, was appointed to fill the judgment seat in the stead of his father. Yea, he was appointed chief judge over and governor over the people with an oath and sacred ordinance to judge righteously and to keep the peace and freedom of the people and to grant unto them their sacred privileges of worship. To worship the Lord their God, yea, to support and maintain the cause of God all his days, and to bring the wicked to justice according to their crime, now behold his name was Pehoran, and Pehoran did fill the seat of his father and did commence his reign in the end of the twenty and fourth year over the people of Nephi and it came to pass that in the commencement of the 20 and 5th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, they having established peace between the people of Lehi and the people of Morianton, concerning their lands and having commenced the 20 and 5th year in peace. Nevertheless, they did not long maintain an entire peace in the land for there began to be a contention among the people concerning the chief judge pay for behold, there were a part of the people who desired that a few particular points of the law should be a, Altered, And behold, Pehoran would not alter nor suffer the law to be altered. Therefore, he did not hearken unto those who had been sent in their voices with their petitions concerning the altering of the law. Therefore, those who were desirous that the law should be altered were angry with him and desired that he should no longer be chief judge over the land. Therefore, there arose warm dispute concerning the matter, but not unto bloodshed. And it came to pass that those who were desirous that Pehoran should be dethroned from the judgment seat were called kingmen. And they were desirous that the law should be altered in a manner to overthrow the free government and to establish a king over all the land. And those who were desirous that Pehoran should remain chief judge over the land took upon them the name of freemen, And thus was the division among them. For the freemen had sworn or covenanted to maintain their rights and the privileges of their religion by a free government. And it came to pass that this matter of their contentions was settled by the voice of the people. And it came to pass that the voice of the people came in favor of the freemen. And Pahoran retained his judgment seat and caused much rejoicing among the brethren of Pahoran and also many of the people of liberty and also put the kingmen to silence that they durst not oppose, but were obliged to maintain the cause of freedom. Now those who were in favor of kings were those of high birth, and they sought to be kings. And they were supported by those who sought power and authority over the people. But behold, this was a critical time for such contentions to be among the people of Nephi. For behold, Amalickiah had again stirred up the hearts of the people of the Lamanites against the people of the Nephites. And he was gathering together the soldiers from all parts of this land and arming them and preparing for war with all diligence for he had sworn to drink the blood of Moroni. But behold, we shall see that his promise which he made was rash. Nevertheless, he did prepare himself and his armies to come to battle against the Nephites. Now his armies were not so great as they had hitherto been because of the many thousands who had been slain by the hand of the Nephites. But notwithstanding their great loss, Amalickiah had gathered together a wonderfully great army insomuch that he feared not to come down to the land of Zarahemla. Yea, and even Malachiah did himself come down at the head of the Lamanites. And it was in the 20 and 5th year of the reign of the judges. And, it, and at the same time that they had begun to settle the affairs of their contentions concerning the chief judge Pehoron. And it came to pass that when the men who were called kingmen had heard that the Lamanites were coming down to battle against them. They were glad in their hearts, and they refused to take up arms, for they were so wroth with their chief judge and also with the people of liberty that they would not take up arms to defend their country. And it came to pass that when Moroni saw this, he also saw that Lamanites were coming into the borders of the land. He was exceedingly wroth because of the stubbornness of the people, whom he had labored with so much diligence to preserve, Yea, he was exceedingly wroth. His soul was filled with anger against them. And it came to pass that he sent a petition with the voice of the people unto the governor of the land, desiring that he should read it and give him Moroni power to compel those dissenters to defend their country or to be put to death. For it was his first care to put an end to such contentions, dissensions among the people. For behold, this had been hitherto a cause of all their destruction. And it came to pass that it was granted according to the voice of the people. And it came to pass that Moroni commanded that his army should go against those kingmen to pull down their pride and their nobility and level them with the earth or they should take up arms and support the cause of liberty. And it came to pass that the armies did march forth against them and did pull down their pride and their nobility insomuch that they did lift up their weapons of war against to fight against the men of Moroni. They were hewn down and leveled to the earth. And it came to pass that there were 4,000 of those dissenters who were hewn down by the sword, and those of their leaders who were not slain in battle were taken and cast into prison. For there was no time for their trial at this period. And the remainder of those dissenters, rather than be smitten down to the earth by the sword yielded to the standard of liberty and were compelled to hoist the title of liberty upon their towers and in their cities and to take up arms in defense of their country. And thus Moroni put an end to those kingmen that they were not any known by the appellation of kingmen. And thus he put an end to the stubbornness and the pride of those people who professed the blood of nobility, but they were brought down to humble themselves like unto their brethren and to fight valiantly for their freedom from bondage. Behold, it came to pass that while Moroni was in tensions among the people and subjecting them to peace and civilization and making regulations to prepare for war against the Lamanites, behold, the Lamanites had come into the land of Moroni, which was in the borders by the seashore. And it came to pass that the Nephites were not sufficiently strong in the city of Moroni, therefore Amalickiah, They drive them, slaying many. And it came to pass that Amalickiah took possession of the city, yea, possession of all the fortifications. And those who fled out of the city of Moroni came up to the city of Nephiha. And also the people of the city of Lehi gathered themselves together and made preparations and were ready to receive the Lamanites to battle. And it came to pass that Amalickiah would not suffer the Lamanites to go against the city of Nephiha to battle, but kept them down by the seashore, leaving men in every city to maintain and defend it. And thus he went on taking possession of many cities and the city of Nephiha and the city of Lehi and the city of Morianton and the city of Omner and the city of Gid and the city of Mulek, all of which were on the east borders by the seashore. And thus had the Lamanites obtained the cunning of Amalekiah, so many cities by their numberless hosts, all of which were strongly fortified after the manner of the fortifications of Moroni all of which were afforded strongholds for the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they marched to the borders of the land of Bountiful, driving the Nephites before them, slaying many. And it came to pass that they were met by Teancum, who had slain Morianton and who had headed his people in his fight. And it came to pass that he headed Amalickiah also, as he was marching forth with his numerous army, that he might take possession of the land Bountiful and also the land northward. But behold, he met with disappointment by being repulsed by Teancum and his men. For they were great warriors. For every man of Teancum did exceed the Lamanites in their strength and in their skill of war, insomuch that they did gain advantage over the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they did harass them, insomuch that they did slay them, even until it was dark. And it came to pass that Teancum and his men did pitch their tents in the borders of the land bountiful. And Amalekiah did pitch his tent in the borders on the beach by the seashore. And after this manner, they were driven. And it came to pass that when the night came Teancum, and his servants stole forth and went out by night and went to the camp of Amalekiah. And behold, sleep had overpowered them because of their much fatigue, which was caused by the labors and heat of the day. And it came to pass that Teancum stole privily into the tent of the king and put a javelin into his heart. And it caused the death of the king immediately. And he did not awake his servants. And he returned again privily to his own camp. And behold, his men were asleep, and he awoke them and told them all these things that he had done. And he caused that his armies should stand in readiness, lest the Lamanites had awakened and should come upon them. And thus ended the twenty and fifth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And thus ended the days of Amalekiah. And this will end our, uh, you know, doctrinal, you know, reading of this Zoom session. And now we will open things to questions and comments and discussion points and experiences.